0: hello welcome to the living open podcast for mystics and seekers i'm your host Erin. i'm a philly-based healing artist and this is a podcast to support your healing journey hello and welcome to another episode of the living open podcast This week's episode is on Queer Conjuring and Tarot for Top Surgery with Jasper Joy. Jasper uses they, he pronouns. They are a white genderqueer witch, tarot scholar, community chemist, Venusian writer, and elder babe residing among the rightful homelands of the Eastern Band of Cherokee People, both past and present, also known as Asheville, North Carolina. Their work is defined by open-hearted ethics, neurodivergent experiences, and a blatant disrespect for the state. Jasper loves supporting queer and trans beings in areas of meditation, spiritual daily practice, spellcrafting, love, joy, and the sacred trance experience. In this episode, we get into Jasper's journey with healing and tarot, queer conjuring, coming into his own spirituality from a Wiccan background, spiritual integration, manifesting in quotes, bad things. The queer witch is an embodied archetype honoring Medusa as a queer witch, tarot for top surgery, and the queens of the tarot and the element of water. It's a really lovely lovely conversation about tarot and magic and spirituality and queerness and transness and how we can and how Jasper is using this tool of the tarot to support trans folks in the community. Um, so definitely recommend checking out the Tarot for Top Surgery project. Jasper's links are all in the description. And also linked in the description is joy notes and the latest edition of that, which is my Substack newsletter where I share twice monthly writings on beauty grief and aliveness being stretched wide by all of the above and tomorrow night actually if you're listening to this on the day this comes out is virtual solstice breathwork for grief which i would love to invite you to join it is for somatic grief tending for holding for being with and for being together in our grief um That can be really present always, and especially at this time of the year, in the darkest time of the year and the holiday time. So, if that's some support that would feel helpful, please join us and share with your friends, share with your people. And while you're at it, share this episode with them too. Sending you all lots of love, however, you are feeling and relating to this time of year. And I hope this episode with Jasper is supportive. I know you've listened to the show, so you probably know how I start all these episodes, but I would love to hear anything that you want to share about your journey with healing, with tarot, queerness, transness, whatever you want to share that feels relevant to yeah, where you are now and what you're up to.
1: Sure. Oh wow. Okay. Where do I want to begin? <laughs> um so a The background that I like to share with people is that I was raised by sober gay new agers and sober lesbian Buddhists of of the (laughs) 90s.
0: (laughs) Wow, (laughs) Um,
1: so um, mystical spiritual stuff was was around me a lot, and I was also raised by a lot of really wonderful queer people and drag queens and trans people. Um, so that was a very wonderful childhood that I'm so grateful to have had mm-hmm. and um right around actually. Right at Y2K, I met a Wiccan high priestess and started studying under her for a very long time. Um, And I have so much knowledge and skill and um, love for ritual and magic that came from that time. But the environment was also incredibly transphobic and hierarchical. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of like, religious healing and cleansing I've done since that time. Um which is one of the reasons I appreciate your work so much about like Mm -hmm. a cultivating a sense of spirituality when you're an ex-religious person is Mm -hmm. very much something I'm into. (laughs) I love that. Um, So a lot of my healing has centered around that as well. Um, These days I practice what I call queer conjuring and understanding that there has always been some form of queer conjuring all over the world and that it's ever expanding and evolving. And as queer people, we are always like coming up with new terms and redefining old terms and everything's just fluid and that's the way magic is supposed to be. And that's also my experience with tarot, is that tarot is just a, okay, you graduate from this course, you know everything about tarot now. It's always evolving, always expanding. Um, New decks are coming out all the time. You can get anything from the Golden Girls tarot to um, like the sacred divinity of queerness tarot or whatever you want. Whereas when I started, I only had the Rider Waite Smith deck to really go off of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so queerness and magic have always been intrinsically connected for me. And um, that is true in my parenting and my activism and my magic and you know everything that I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. And I really believe and feel that queerness and magic is, are so intertwined and that queerness is such magic. Like, yeah. I think coming into my queerness and living my best queer life feels so, like, I have to pinch myself. Like, it feels so magical and so enchanted yes. and so, you know, not that everything's perfect, but it just feels like this is my dream. And it feels so... um. Yeah, it feels like the little moments um bring so much magic too and being able to access that was really sweet and special.
1: Absolutely. So sweet and so special.
0: Yeah. I'm so curious to hear about your sort of spiritual evolution and growth, like you're mentioning, evolving um tarot practice and, of course, like coming from this Wiccan background. Um Yeah, I'm curious, like, what spirituality means to you these days, what it feels like, what that process of, yeah, coming into it now has sort of felt like and, and been like for you. Hmm.
1: It is It is everything I do. So there is a spiritual, ritualistic practice in basically everything I do these days mm-hmm. to the way that my nesting partner and I bring each other coffee, depending on who wakes up first, to um, the computer work and graphic design and writing that I'm constantly doing. Um, all of that feels like a spell to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that is the, that's like the condensed bullion cube of it is like, just everything I do now is an intentional spell. Um, mm. And the the way that it's evolved with social media is also incredibly wild because now that social media is the thing, I can find queer teachers all over the world, (laughs) Um, and I have found some really amazing ones that have taught me stuff that I've never heard of before, and I'm starting to integrate into my practices, whereas, you know, when I was studying in the 90s and year 2000, we had witch fox, and that was it, (laughs) (laughs) Witch Fox was like one very retro looking website where if you were a high priestess or a tarot reader, you put it on there and like tried to meet people where you were at. Yeah. Uh, yeah so for a very long time, I had one and only one teacher and to have experienced just in the last five years, I think. Um, so many other teachers has been Mm. beautiful and I say just in the last five years because I actually took um, an atheist sabbatical (laughs) 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 hardcore cynical atheist for quite a while there Um, Mm -hmm. and that was what I needed at the time to heal from like the transphobia and manipulation and um, controlling mentality of the Wiccan temple that I was a part of, and then broke away. Yeah.
0: From. Um,
1: yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it really does. I also have ADHD, like a lot. So if I ever like go, <laughs> there, just remind me to come back. <laughs>
0: just a lot of ADHD. That's totally <laughs> fun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that
1: does bring me to another point that um one of the things that I hold very sacred and very spiritual is the overlapping identities of queer people. And mm-hmm. so many of us are neurodivergent and so mm-hmm. many of us have disabilities and chronic pain. So those are things that I always make space for in anything that I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we need that. Yeah um I have so many thoughts I think (laughs) I'm like okay (laughs) what's coming up for me is when you um when you say you had your atheist break I think I feel like I'm in my own not atheist break but like maybe the least spiritual I've ever felt but I think it's actually just a really deep integration and it's just a lot more woven into my life. And it's just much more chill and relaxed. And I'm just like creating a lot and not really like sitting and meditating, but like really engaged with my like creativity and just like being really in love and just like living how I desire to live. Mm. Um, so that feels really, that feels interesting. And the other thing I wanted to say is how you were talking about like intentionally, you know, like that idea of anything can be a spell. Like every moment can be a spell. And I'm like, I love that. And I'm always like grabbing my partner under like some beautiful, like blooming tree and being like, we have to um, kiss now. It's a love spell. Um, <laughs> oh <God>. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really sweet. I love that. Um, but I think I've also noticed in myself a little bit of like anxious thinking feeling which you know is probably also like just a little bit of mental illness but um around like if everything is a spell then like if this is a spell then yeah I'm sort of stumbling to find my words here but that idea of like if everything is a spell then does everything have to be good all the time, you know, basically? Um and I think that feels really anxiety inducing and and a little bit scary. Um so I think I have to like um walk it back a little bit to be like the universe is like receiving what I'm really like the essence of what like I am and desiring and like all of that. And not like in every single moment, everything I do is like creating more of everything I do. Does that make sense? you get it? Oh a- my gosh,
1: yes. I have uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so this goes back to the queering of my own magic. So in,
0: mm. in
1: Wiccan practices, one of the things they often say is in perfect love and perfect trust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I like to say now is graciously, graciously accepting the irregularities of our best selves when we are our worst selves. Mm-hmm. So, that has a lot to do with the magic of shadow work and integrating shame and believing that, like, you know, if we're in a bad mood, we're going to put bad things into the universe or whatever is Mm -hmm. really um, just no good can come of that thinking, you know? So one of the things that I, I believe is that um, because I, I'm always striving to idealistically live my truth. My guides know that. And they can create wards whenever my brain is a hot mess. Mm. <laughs> so I trust them. I trust my ancestors. Um, I trust my community that when I am a hot mess, they've got my back. Mm. I don't have to always have my shit together in order to be yeah. a good
0: Yeah. I think something that is just really true for me is building embodied memory around those kind of truths and being able to remind myself like, oh yeah, remember something like this happened before and like, whatever happened, your partner took care of you or like your friends made you food, like just like having that embodied memory of like, oh, I didn't get abandoned. Oh, I felt cared for. And then it's like, it just grows in like feeling safe and feeling secure and being able to remember that because it's not just theoretical and I think I really I really need that
1: ah that's such a good point too because so much so much of us have like um like really deep rooted beliefs that we have to act a certain way or we will will be abandoned (laughs) so Like we learned that lesson over and over for so long during our childhood, teenager, whatever years. So to be like Mm -hmm. a queer who's finally found community and magic and belonging and support to learn how to trust that could take like a bazillion years. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That practice
0: that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's lovely.
0: Yeah, I, I always say this, but I just think it's so true. Like, there's, we really don't have to, like, go looking for things to, like, heal. If we're just, like, pay attention, then there's so much that's here that we can really, um, yeah, sink into in a lot of different moments to, like, grow and learn and develop that memory and, yeah, wow. those things.
1: Yeah, um, there is a witch named Ilva Mara who will often say magic isn't always about the intention. It's also about the attention.
0: I feel
1: like that really echoes what you just said.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. Well, speaking of witches, you mentioned over email before talking that um, we might get into talking about the queer witch as an embodied archetype. Ooh. So, I would love to hear what you want to share about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, what do I want to share about that? So, I think about um, which as an honored status within community Um was often people who were genderqueer or queer or neurodivergent in some way. And so having those identities be a part of myself and embodying that as part of my witch archetype Mm. feels really good. Um, There's also the lineage of oppression and persecution to look at. So a lot of people who were, sorry I'm adjusting things, Um, a lot of people who were burned as witches or tortured for witchcraft were midwives, hedge nurses, um, owned property that somebody else wanted. Mm. So when I look at that I think about embodying the queer witch archetype is about being an anti-capitalist.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: which is one of my favorite words. I will say anti-capitalist every chance I get. (laughs) I love that.
0: (laughs) Hi.
1: Hi. Yeah. And then this idea that witches are ugly. Mm. Um, I really like embodying the gruesome, Ugly, pushed into the margins, um, frightening. Um, There's power there. Mm. um, Those are also the spaces that I usually find the most beauty. Like you can find really cool gemstones when you are mucking around in the mud and getting filthy. Mm. That is what I feel when I think about the Like, the Brothers Grimm version of witches. Um, And lately, what I've been thinking about a lot is that there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the caricature of a witch. Like, the long noses and the pointy hats have Mm -hmm. a very oppressive um, origin story. And... So that is something that I'm really sitting with like, this is this is like about villainizing Jewish people. That's where the image of the long nose, pointy hat witch comes from. Um, so honoring that as like another form of healing that can happen um, and maybe letting go of what I think a witch looks like in my head when I'm mm. thinking about like, fairy tales and whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see what else um one of the deities that I really like to honor as a queer which is Medusa
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) that
1: that goes into the um the idea of being like rising up from the ashes of something really terrible happening to you and also, um, what people find grotesque is actually, like, your badass power that is protecting you, Mm. (laughs) um, as a visibly trans person that makes other people uncomfortable just by walking into the room, that is, um, that is a deity I really want on my side.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Let's see, what else about embodying the queer archetype of witches? Um, yeah, the, the like, cackling and twirling under a full moon next to a fire, um, letting that... Um, all of that, like, reduced and receded animalistic parts of my Mm -hmm. energy come out when I honor all of the things about me, um, Mm -hmm. when all the things about me are integrated and showing up in circle with me. um, And... can't think of what else to say about that right now (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's okay (laughs) thank you for sharing I think when you're talking about like going in the in the muck and finding beautiful things it's just making me think about one of the things that I loved about witchcraft so much coming from a Christian background was this not that maybe we're not afraid but just like this embrace and seeing the wholeness in In everything, like the full spectrum of feeling, the full spectrum of life experience to be able to um, talk about grief and talk about death and also pleasure and just like full wide range. Like nothing is off limits to talk about as like too scary or too big to feel like it's all okay and allowed to be here, which was just very different (laughs) from just my upbringing and everything. Um, and, yeah, I'm thinking about, like, beautiful things and the muck, how there's this whole, like, mix of just, like, the human experience that I feel like witchcraft is really, like, yes, this is what it means to be alive. This mm-hmm. isn't wrong. Like, the ugliness, the mess. It's great. It's here, too. It's okay. And also, it coexists with all these beautiful things. So, yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking of when you were sharing that.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, and you were raised as like an evangelical Christian. Is that true?
0: Southern Baptist.
1: Yeah. Southern Baptist. Oh, <laughs> I'm in North Carolina, honey. I know. This is a Baptist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bless their heart.
1: <laughs> Bless their heart. <laughs> yeah. There's the, um, there's a beigeness to that, like, <laughs> considered appropriate to express our mm-hmm. toned-down, muted beige, whereas, like, I want to dig into the indigos and the purples and the fuchsias, you know? Yeah. Um and make just a big splattery mess that's going to be beautiful <laughs>
0: <laughs> very yeah. much in that desire not creation with you i think calling it beige feels really true It's just <laughs> like nothing is supposed to be heightened right like it's just supposed to be fine or basically good all the time with jesus and mm-hmm. yeah they're not supposed to get like you know, they have all those rules, not like no dancing, no drinking, like all that stuff. I will say my, the churches that I went in was not so strict where they wouldn't let you dance, but you know, like the whole Southern Baptist thing is just like a lot of the pleasures, like you're not supposed to experience. And then for the sad things, like you have the promise of heaven and you have God and all that stuff. So yeah, it just feels so much better. and so much more true. (laughs) to paint the canvas with all the oranges and the yellows and the indigos and the fuchsias and whatever else there is. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I really believe that um, that there was probably a person named Jesus who was quite the rebel rouser, quite the nomadic community community chemist, like looking Mm -hmm. for a better way to do things, flipping over banker's tapes, tables you know tramping around with prostitutes and you know like um I believe that person in some form existed and I honor that and the way that they tried to make that person
0: beige (laughs) yeah Literally really shitty. Color out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really fucked up.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I
1: um I am learning how to um be in the same space as my Christian witches because they are out there and they have a different experience. Mm. Um, to that religion than I do. Um, Yeah. I think that's pretty cool and dynamic.
0: Yeah, that is cool. I think I always feel just a sense of amazement when people are able to be Christian in a way that's really healthy for them and that isn't like (laughs) trying to violate everyone's boundaries with the whole conversion agenda and Uh it's just like I'm actually just really into Jesus or whatever and that's fine um (laughs) and I really love that for them and I think it also feels healing for me to interact with because Mm -hmm. it's just not yeah it's an unfamiliar experience so love that for them (laughs) love that for me (laughs) yeah well Maybe we can shift gears a little bit and talk about your wonderful work with Tarot for Top Surgery. Do you want to?
1: Yeah, I love talking about Tarot for Top Surgery.
0: Okay, please tell us about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Tarot for Top Surgery is almost one year old, which is very exciting. It'll be one year old in a couple weeks. Happy birthday. (laughs) And it is... A project that I started as a way to hustle money for my own top surgery. Like, let me give you a tarot rating for 15 bucks, and I'll put that in my top surgery fund. Mm. Um, And then I started doing some digging about um, how many GoFundMes that in regards to top surgery fail. Mm. It's a whole lot. And the um, the amount of us queer, trans, non-binary people who would feel better in our bodies with top surgery, um, so many of us are, like, really poor. <laughs> and that gets, um, you know, that under-resourced amount gets lower if you add, you know, are you visibly trans, are you a person of color, are you disabled in some way, you know, like all of those things. Um, So I really just wanted to create some form of mutual aid for people who are looking for top surgery. So I got a group of other queer tarot readers together, which is always an evolving group because I have a very, um, I'm like, be here if you want, leave if you want, like do as much of this work as you want, or as little of it. Um, so it's kind of a revolving door of wonderful people coming in and out. And we offer tarot readings that can go into your email inbox, whether it's audio, video, or just written text is up to you. And all that money that we make goes into the Tarot for Top Surgery Fund. And when we reach $1,000, we will give that to a person who's like this close from meeting their top surgery goal to just mm. put them on the edge. Um, and my hope is that we will do that at least once a year. Mm. Uh, the Tarot for Top Surgery project is the reason that I was able to get my top surgery. Um, mm. So even if insurance covers top surgery, there are all of these other fees, including for me, I had to put down a $2,500 deposit mm.
0: just to book
1: my surgery date. I was like, mm. ah. so, so I put, posted about terror for top surgery all over the internet and for like five days scrolled away in the room doing email tarot readings, and yeah. um, that as well as my GoFundMe, I was able to book and reserve my top surgery date. Yeah, uh, And that is just wonderful magic. That's such a wonderful money spell. And I want to do that for another person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're doing it. And Yeah, making this wonderful and really important project. And I think it's lovely that it's tarot, you know, like it's tarot for tops. I think that's so, so lovely. It gets to be this, like, everybody's getting nourished. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, you get nourished with the tarot reading. Somebody else gets nourished with money for top surgery. And hopefully the person who's reading for you gets nourished by the joy of all of it. Like, it's like, it's really lovely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, the image that just came into my head, there's some sort of fable about a table with long spoons and in one version mm. everybody is starving because they can't feed themselves with these huge spoons mm. but then in the other version everybody's like plump and happy and satisfied because they're feeding each other with the long spoons mm. so as you were talking about that I was like yes we're putting
0: all the spoons all over the place this yes. Is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's what Tarot for Top Surgery is about. It is my favorite thing that I'm a part of right now. Um, We have four really wonderful tarot tarot readers that are part of the project, um, including Sherry, who wrote a book called, um, they're also known as That Hoodoo Lady on the internet. Mm. Wrote a book called "Hoodoo Is for Everybody," um, and yeah, they're amazing. And we have a person named Jess who makes beautiful candles, and then Ava, who I call our resident Moss Fay. Um, they're oh. also our resident Virgo because they do all of the like actual organizing things that <laughs> I <friends> do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's lovely. It's sweet. We also have um, a Patreon tier. If people just want to donate monthly, they can do the Patreon tier and they'll get access to cool stuff on there. And that money just goes straight into the T4T fund every month.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure. I'm wondering if while we're talking about tarot, if there's anything else that you'd like to share about it, like if there's a card that's particularly resonating for you right now or anything that comes up for you around tarot?
1: Yeah. I was actually just thinking about this earlier today when I was getting ready for our interview. Um I was talking to Nick from In Search of Tarot podcast, and they were asking me about this blog I had written forever ago about the queens. I was like, mm. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but it hit me today that um, queens in the tarot are water and water is like the most, um, I mean, all elements are queer and non-binary, let's be honest, but like yes. water is a very delicious representation of shape-shifting mm-hmm. and expanding and um, adapting and all of those wonderful things. Um, so putting that element water with the archetypes of drag queens, mm-hmm. at, um, Wow, I heard one drag queen recently call themselves a gender clown, um, <laughs> like, all of the queens are gender clowns, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really into the queens right now, um, I also just received in the mail, I wish I had it in front of me, um, the Black Femme tarot deck.
0: I and, saw you shared that on Instagram, I sent it to my friend, I was like, this looks yeah. amazing, Oh, it's so lovely.
1: It's so shiny and pink. And all of the people in it have amazing clothes and eyelashes. And <laughs> it's just so good. Um, and the person who created it is a queer Black femme. And I got to speak with her last year. Um, a lot has happened in the year. <laughs> um about designing that deck and putting, you know, her whole heart and soul into it and mm. putting it out into the world. Um, it just blows my mind that there are still tarot decks that are coming into the world that are like nothing else that's come before. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah that's really amazing and something I'm really into I have a rule about my tarot decks though that I'm only allowed to have five at a time (laughs) because I just don't have the space to have a tarot museum in my house Um, (laughs) yeah and um if I have more than that I don't have an
0: intimate connection with all of them
1: that's true just for me that's not true for everybody
0: Uh, It's definitely true
1: for me as well. I only have a couple decks. Yeah, so the water elements, the cups, um, I'm really thinking lately about how community is the water that cleanses us when we're always going through, Mm -hmm. um, you know, white supremacist, patriarchal, capitalist bullshit that, you know... We need to survive in order to get our paychecks, in order to keep a roof over our heads. And um, when we show up in our communities, when we go to potlucks, when we sit in a park and just read next to a person because they're an introvert, like, we are cleansing ourselves of all of that. So, yeah, the the cups, suits is really showing up strong for me right now. And I'm really grateful for that.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful. I feel like the Pentacles are showing up for me so much. (laughs) But it makes sense. I'm like, I just moved into this new house and me and my partner are like nesting down for fall and winter. And I'm like very much in like the slow daily showing up for like my creative projects. And, but pinnacles are magic too. They're all magic. Earth is magic. Yeah, I think I love all the elements, but it's just so interesting how we flow through, yeah, different ways of connection with them or different resonances with them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I went through a really big pentacles phase um, a while back, and what it was for me was returning to my body. Mm. So, like, there was so much in my body that i had cut off from um being in a really boring marriage for 7 years
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> i had okay, to- i wasn't married but that resonates <laughs> yeah
1: um, yeah i was in a really boring monogamous relationship with a lesbian for 7 years and um who I, you know, on our first date, I was like, hey, I'm genderqueer. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, I don't know. So six months later, I'm like, hey, let me ask you this question again. So we're together for seven years. And then I'm like, oh, our insurance covers top surgery. And she's like, I think we need a divorce. (laughs) So Mm. after that, coming to the Cups was all about, like, returning to self, returning to my body, returning to Mm -hmm. honoring the sensations that bring me pleasure and, um, also decorating my house the way I fucking want to. (laughs) (laughs) That's what pentacles was really about for me during that time.
0: Mm, Yeah. Sweet pentacles. They're here (laughs) for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually had a tarot reader once, um, you know, looking at the cards and she's like, you are really not in your body right now. And I was like, you don't know me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, not me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a tarot deck called the spacious tarot mm-hmm. and it doesn't have any humans in it. And for the pentacles, the characters that show up are bears.
0: Mm -hmm. And and that
1: feels like really awesome.
0: (laughs) I love the name of that deck. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared. I want to ask you the last question that I always ask on this show, which is just what does living open mean to you? What ends up for you when you hear that?
1: Living open for me means that I can let go of any concept of perfection or control or um, shame around being messy. Mm. Um, Right now, especially in communication Um, and allowing myself to be messy and also showing up and being accountable for the mess that I become sometimes. Um, It means getting outside and laying on the grass when it's warm enough to Mm. looking at the sky and um, honoring myself as like the sacred connection between the clouds and the roots. Mm. And that I am an ecosystem within an ecosystem that's ever expanding out into infinity. It can be that big, and it can also be snuggling up with a cup of tea and just getting really cozy.
0: Yeah. Can you tell everyone where they can connect with you and take part in Tarot for Top Surgery, all those things?
1: Sure. Um, The easiest thing to do is follow me on Instagram at Queer Um, The link tree in my profile has all the things. Um, The main way we're showing up right now is on Patreon and in our newsletters. Um, We're creating really wonderful content there. Um, See what else, we just opened an Etsy shop. So we've got Instagram, our website, Patreon and Etsy are all really good places too. And once in a while, I go do really silly stuff on TikTok. Cute. <laughs> <Thank
0: you. laughs> thank you so much for listening if you loved this episode please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on i appreciate it so so much and it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show with an indie podcast you can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description and i'll be back on monday with another episode make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.